I want to read you Ecclesiastes chapter 3. There's a time for everything. And there's a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build. There's a time to weep, and there's a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather them together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search, a time to give up, a time to keep, and a time to throw away. Time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time for love and a time for hate, and a time for war and a time for peace. For everything under heaven, there's a moment. There's a moment when it's it's time for that. And God is in that moment. God does significant things in all those moments. And if you have it crossed a line of faith and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. I believe he really is the son of God. I believe he is my hope. He is the one who could pay for my sins. He is the one I want to have a relationship that will forgive me forever with. If you enter in that life with him, he will bring you through every one of those moments. Every one of those seasons. There's a time for every one of them under heaven. And here's what we've been looking at for a while now. For every single one of us, there's a time where what it's, it's now your turn for this. It's your turn. And in particular, it's your, your turn to take a risk. It's your turn to take a step. It's your turn to stretch and follow him in another way. It's, it's your turn to make yourself uncomfortable and get out of your zone of comfort. It's time to, to enact your faith in a way that you haven't before. Here's what we've seen. And it's just all, it's just drenched in Scripture. That when God works, when he chooses to really work in our midst, so much of the time, most of the impact God makes through us, it comes through somebody taking a risk. Almost always, when it's offered or presented to us, there's a time of initial reluctance or denial that it's my time, an aversion to risk. We feel like we're the most least likely person to take it. There's surely somebody else who can do this, surely not me. But in all of our journey, there's going to be a time where we are exposed to some, a need or a challenge or an opportunity. And when we take that risk, The reason for it and what makes it worthwhile is not measured by the immediate impact. It's not measured by by the, 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 the rush of excitement and wonder that happens. It's not measured by the the lack of pain. In fact, the pain's guaranteed. And sometimes that risk will present itself in different ways. We've seen this from what we've been looking at. Sometimes that risk is kind of assigned to us. It's presented to us, say, no, it's clear. This is for you. This is your time. This is now. Sometimes the risk is really more just come upon because we seize it. We see God doing something and we just ask, would it be okay if I join you out there? Would it be okay if I get to be part of what you're doing that really is memorable? But when we do, 
And, and most of us in the room have seen this already. When we do, when we step out, when we t- accept the risk, when we seize it when it's in front of us, when we say, I'm going to trust God in this way, in this time, it marks us. It impacts us. It gives us days that we will remember. It gives us fruit that will show up for generations sometimes and often into eternity as a result. And we have put the spotlight on several stories from Scripture We've seen a variety of people who have done just that. We've seen young people and old people. We've seen people who are in the majority and people who are very much in the minority. We've seen people who are commoners and people who are educated. But the spotlight has looked and seen that the consistent thing is that God invites a risk. Someone to step up and say, how about you? How about now? Now today, we're going to finish this series by turning the spotlight onto this room. Right here, right now. Because right here and right now is when the invitation comes to say, there's a time for everything under heaven. And I will say this with absolute certainty. That time for us, you and me, is right now. Where God's given us a chance. And when the time comes, it's time for us to see who the risk takers are in the room. And maybe to lock arms and say, how about if we all do that together? Now, when the time comes where God presents an opportunity to be a risk taker, here's what he'll do. He will expose you to a need or a challenge. It might be opposition to what you believe in or, what, or what's being said about the people you're associated with. Or he'll present you with an opportunity. And when he does, he generally will do the same thing he did to Joshua when he said, Joshua, it's your time. Moses is dead. You're going to lead my people into the promised land. Joshua is not ready. And, and God says these words that we could say, here say it said to us too. He constantly says this. When it's your turn, be strong and be courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. And he says it again. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. Here's why. Because Yahweh, the real God, the God who's been here all along, whether you've wandered from him or not, the God, whether you've talked to him or not, is still very, very present and is Lord of all, that God, when you step out with him, regardless where you've been, the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. When the time comes, he urges us to be strong and courageous. And so there becomes a pivot point for us. You've experienced it recently, a whole lot of us. You have been brought to a moment where it's your chance. You have a moment of decision, a moment to decide what your response to that invitation will be. Do I go forward with it? Do I hesitate longer? Do I excuse it away? Do I run the other way? What do I do with it? When it happens, that pivot point comes. And I want to show you one of my favorite verses in all the Bible when it comes to this. Because in that moment, in that pivot point, we are faced with a chance to, to waver or not. And it picks one of the biggest risk takers of all time, Abraham, who became the father of many nations. And in Romans, it talks about what it was like for him and the decision he made in that moment was presented to him. And this is what Romans 4 says about Abraham. Against all hope, Abraham in hope. See that phrase? Against all hope. 
the circumstances weren't good. It didn't, it, did, it didn't make sense. It didn't seem like it was his turn against all hope. I don't think this is going to go anywhere. I don't think I can do this against all hope. Abraham, in hope, believed. He made a choice in the face of that. And so became the father of many nations. In verses 20 and 21 of Romans 4, I would love to have you embed this in your soul for the season that's ahead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he promised. He decided to make a commitment in the face of no hope, to take a tangible action. And when your moment comes... When our moment comes, when God says, you could take a risk here too. You could do the uncomfortable. You could trust me in a new way. You could move forward and see what I can do through you. When that moment comes, we have a choice. We have our response not only is important, it becomes a major factor in what God Almighty does. Can you imagine that? That God, who is all sovereign and can do whatever he pleases, he allows what we decide and what we think and how we choose in that moment to be a factor in what he does. There's a haunting verse in the New Testament where Jesus goes back to his hometown. He's been doing miracles. People are all around him saying, I think this might be the Messiah. He goes to his hometown. And it says they question him. He wants to do things there like he's done everywhere. And he he goes back to Galilee and they say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Isn't this the carpenter's son? We, we, know that we, we knew this kid when he had runny noses and played in the sand. We, we know his brothers and his sisters. What they're saying is, he's, he's nothing special. He's not doing anything miraculous. He's just a guy. And here's the haunting verse, Matthew 13, 58. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Not a punishment, He wants to do it. He simply says, I'm looking for instruments and vehicles. I want to show you my wonder. Will you step out and take the risk when it's presented to you? I want to reflect with you for a minute, and I hope you'll indulge me being a little selfish this morning. Some of you have been around here a short amount of time. For some of you, it's your first day. You go, what's going on today? It's all right. Come back next week. Some of you have been here a long, long time, and you've seen a whole lot of stuff that we could never recount right now. Never could we recount it. But whether or not you are aware, whether or not you've been here a short time or a long time, here's what you need to know. You are sitting where you sit. You are experiencing what you experience. Your children, if they're in kids' life today, they are walking through something that exists. Its entire existence is a living testimony to people who said, This is what it's about. This is how God works, and I want to be part of it. It was an opportunity seized. There was a group of people who said, there is an idea. All it was was an idea. Is it possible there could be a church? Is it possible there could be a collection of what God designed the church to be, where something's really true of the people there, where they're gut-level honest with life, where they're not shamed for struggling, where they can bring their, their true hearts and souls to God first and find acceptance. They can bring their true struggles and pains to each other, and they could be supported and loved and really authentically cared for with each other. Is it possible that God could create a place where we actually like to go there on Sundays 
because we like the music and we like to worship and it's a great experience for us? Is it possible that there could be a place that what emerges out of that is a passion to reach a world and to serve poor people and people in need? Is it possible that that could exist around here? People asked that question. They basically said, God, we believe you walk on water. Would it be okay if we came out and joined you? Could we be part of this? And there were people who saw that as their moment and stepped out. 20 years ago, this month, Dan Burmeister gave up a regular job in another place in another city to come to a place that we, where we said, all we have, we have a barely, a barely a year's worth of support to try to bring here, and the, best, and the part that just kind of put us over the edge was somebody donated two commercial copiers. And we sold them, and we said, we're going to add that, and that's all we got, and then after that, we don't know what to do. And Dan Burmeister and Laura said, okay, let's see what God does. About six months later, Larry Ely calls. He's graduating from school. He's got all kinds of opportunities to go and do what he wants to do. He says, I got an idea. How would you feel? I just feel like God is suggest- saying something. He's got an opportunity. Larry Ely says, I, would, I think I'd like to come and join you. I think I'd like to, I'd like to lead a, a youth ministry there. And I said, Larry, that would be fantastic, except you got two problems. We have no money, and we have no teenagers. <laughs> and Larry says, yeah, isn't it going to be cool? <laughs> and Larry and Tila make their way here to step out to do something, to take a risk. And in the early days, I, 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 will, I don't want to offend anybody by missing people, but I just mentioned a few of them. Because Jeff and Linda Haynes had planted a church, and they come and they see what we're doing, and they just sense it's, it's time. And they said, we'd like to blend our church in together. Could we come in and be part of what you're doing here? 21 years later, they're still doing it. There, there's, there's countless things. There's Greg McCall who says, you know what? I'm in a job where I don't get to take risks. I get, I'm, I'm in a place in my life where I don't get to take risks, and I just sense God wants to do something in me, and I'm just, I, can I come? I want to be part of it. And Greg and Bryn jump in. Adam and Ste- Stephanie Jacobs are newly married, and they've got all kinds of things in front of them, and they say, no, well, you know what? We'd like to be uncomfortable and come join you. <laughs> Mike and Sandy Miller go and serve as missionaries in China, and when they come back, they need rest and they need care and they, need to, they could go anywhere they want and they say, you know what, we'd like to come and be part of what you're doing there. We'd like to sacrifice and serve. Rich Dawkins, Rich and Debbie Dawkins, are, are, see what's going on. And we were saying, we need people who can step up. Who's willing to take a risk? I get a note that I still have and keep. It's a handwritten note. It became the, it became the, the, the logo we put on a shirt when we were coming into this building and he simply writes this and hands it to me and I open it up and it says, we're in. Risk, sacrifice, moving towards something that isn't even there just to say, can I be part of it? And then a whole bunch of people who fight, join us in fighting City Hall, literally fighting City Hall over this property and saying, we're told in no uncertain terms, you cannot do that. You're not, we're not going to let you. We're going to block you and people pray and people show up and the 
television cameras are running, and we're on the news two different times. Lead story on the news a couple times around here because we are saying we believe God has this place set for us, and we're told we're not going to do it. And we watch God systematically knock down barrier after barrier after barrier, and you sit in a place that was, was sworn that you would not be able to do what you're doing. And a few months later, Gary McDonald is just, I don't even, I've never even met the guy, and we're tearing stuff, like, there's, there's, I mean, there is, there is dead stuff in the ceilings, <laughs> and there is, there is mouse poop falling down, is where it, it, I, I had to mention poop today, okay, so there it is. There is, it is come, as, as the stuff is coming down out of the ceilings, and there's a guy a, on a lift, and he's taking out the ceiling stuff. And it's Gary McDonald who has just started coming to church, and he says, I'm just here to help. And he's t- tearing the stuff out over the, the very section where his wife would lead our coffee bar team for the last 12 years. We're pretty sure the mouse poop has stopped falling. J.R. Kennedy leaves the place and comes across to a group he's never heard of and says, I, says I, I have a passion to pioneer a, a, a children's ministry. And we've got a children's ministry, but he's got a, a guy who says, I will come in not knowing how long it would last, not long knowing whether we could afford him. And he comes in and he puts together what I believe is the best children's ministry you will find. A few years later, Rick and Sheila Tawney, veteran church planters, transitioning, not sure what they're going to do. And they hear about what we're doing, and they say, we want to be part of that kind of church. And so Rick, as a handyman, says, I'll work part-time. I'll, I'll, I'll supplement my income. And they come and join us to, to lead our cell ministry and, to, and help with our, with our support ministries. I could go on and on and on. I could talk about that, and we could celebrate that. But I want you to see that that, that lives out something Jesus said. The, the, the words of Jesus are not just poetry. They're not just well-intentioned. They are very, very real. Jesus is doing miracles, and he's changing people's lives. And he pulls his disciples together, and, he's, and in the middle of all that, he says, you've seen what I do now, but watch what's going to happen, because I'm going to send my Holy Spirit. My Spirit is going to empower you. He's going to fill you. He's going to indwell you. And something's going to happen as a result of that. John 14, he says to his disciples, and I believe by extension to anybody who's carrying the Holy Spirit with them, who's a disciple today, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me, right, anybody who exe- takes a risk to trust me for something that they can't do on their own, will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to my Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You want to see evidence of that? You want to see how that works? Okay, would you do this with me? If you have come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior since you've been coming to this church or been connected with these people. Would you just stand up real quick? Come on, be bold. Stand up. If you, as a follower of Jesus Christ, were baptized and made a public statement in this place or as part of this group, would you just stand up? If you have dedicated your children because you felt called by God to do that and you say, I, was, I did that here, would you stand up? If you've had bad experiences in previous places of churches, and you almost, maybe you've given up on church, you've been wounded by that, and in some way God met you here, and he's given you some measure of healing about what the church can be, what the community would be, would you stand up? Be bold, stand up. 
Would you say, if you say that you've had significant decisions that you have made, that God has influenced you to make those decisions because of what's happened in your experience here, would you stand up? If you on any level would say, I am at a different place in following God as a result of being part of what's going on in this place, would you stand up? Now, I want to I say to you, when Jesus said those words, this is what he meant. The, the, this is not because I came here. It's not because you came here. It's because Jesus Christ came here. And he worked and he moved and he did it through all the people around you. But he has done great things among us only because he chose to give himself a vehicle and said, would you take a risk? Please have a seat. There's a time for everything under heaven. And now LCC's next moment, that moment, the moment where God is saying, I I want to offer it again, that moment, I believe, is right now. And we're seeing people respond to that invitation or that opportunity. They've seen a need, they've seen a challenge, they've seen an opportunity to risk something. When Isaiah was presented with the glory of God and he was so humbled by it, and he said, I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips. I've seen the true God in his glory. I can't even stand in his presence. And God sends, in his mercy, sends symbolically an angel to touch his lips and says, with a hot brand, and says, you've been touched. You've been cleansed. You've been made, you've been made useful. You've been redeemed. And then God says, I got work to do. Who's going to go? And Isaiah, the very one who can't even look at him, who can't, doesn't think he has anything to offer, he says, here am I. Here am I. Would you send me? See, we've seen it happen. It's happening right now. You're watching people do it right now, right here in the room that's happening. Lee Zeidner, Brett Mushot, where Brett's here, where's Lee? Where's Lee? Somebody wave. Lee's over there. I'm just going to embarrass you. All right? You don't have to talk to me after this. <laughs> here are two people who I I'm tell you, from what I've observed, they can go any number of places they want to go and do what they want to do. They are so supremely gifted. And they have seen a call and an opportunity that God is going somewhere in the next generation here. And in spite of all the other opportunities they got, they have said they're, gonna, they're coming on and they're giving up a whole lot to come on part-time staff here for a reason. They could use those skills. They could go anywhere. But they sense that something new is going, is going on here. And I want to say to you guys, Brett, you're going to be part of God using, re- reaching a whole new generation. I see it already. I, I'm so excited for that. Lee, your heart and your, your talents mixed together. I just, it's unbelievable to me. When we sat here a few weeks ago and Dan was explaining what their roles are going to be, Marsh and I both had the same thing. It's like, dang, we want to be around here. <laughs> You're going to help people feel things they haven't felt, see things they haven't seen. You're going to help a whole generation experience what it means to be free and to know their Savior The reason that's happening is because they are living out this invitation. They are stepping out in a risk. They're doing it in front of you. 
I've known Tom Burns for out of 20, how many years have I known you? A long, long time. This guy is one of the most gifted communicators and teachers I've ever known in my life. He teaches at a Christian school. He's, con- he's, he's respected by so many people, so many people. He, could go that, he, he doesn't need a job. He doesn't need to do anything. But he has said, I want to step into a part-time role here with an idea, an idea to help craft a new generation of people who bring the word of God in vivid ways so people just feel it hit them. They walk with God. They're brought to their knees. I've already experienced, I experienced that already listening to him. He could do that anywhere he wants. And he says, I'd like to do that here. There's an invitation. He steps out and says, I want to do that here. And Tom, I'm telling you, I cannot wait for your insights and your passion and the integrity and man I know you are to be evidenced and have impact all around here. The way you're going to influence other people to rise up with gifts and skills they they don't right now know they have is going to happen because God uses you. It's going to happen because he says, there's a risk. Am I willing to take it? I knew Dan Burmeister when he was a high school student. And for 20 years now here, he has been the best partner a person could ever ask for. He has been a guy who is, has an amazing capacity, a, a gifting to work with every kind of group of people, to, to bring crazy artsy types, sorry, and get them to get along with each other so that the band doesn't break up. To get them to focus on a spotlight being on somebody else other than them. That is no small task with musicians, baby. And he has done that faithfully. But you know what? Here's the cool thing. He's not only been a man of integrity and a man of passion. He's a man of faith. And when this whole transition started, he had no inkling about stepping into the role he's stepping into. But you know what he did? He listened to God. He allowed himself to to get past that first sense of reluctance. And when it became more evident, God is asking him. God is leading him. God is directing him. Dan Burmeister said, okay, here am I. Send me. And you've seen it and I've seen it. And it's just, it's only going to continue to grow that there has been leadership that just has been fanned into flame. All, all his true gifts that have always been there have emerged and they've risen to the top. And he's got ideas and passion and vision and God is already working in you and among, in our community. He's doing it as a result of one person saying, okay, I'll step out. Dan, you are ready, man. You're ready. I honestly believe that we're, there are going to be new territory taken in the future that has not been taken yet, and it's going to be under your leadership. That there's going to be new experiences, that there are going to be seats filled here with people who come to meet Jesus Christ because of how you lead and trust and follow it and be who you are. I will tell you that six months ago when we started something happening and I thought about where this, things are headed here, Sure, you get nervous, but I, would, I could not have more confidence in the leadership of where this place is going than I have right now. 
because of what God has done to raise up from within us people who are known, trusted character, people who are going to continue to lead, that's going to keep this, this alive. It's going to be the instrument of God. What, you know what these people have done? They have lived out Romans 4. They have lived out, do not waver in unbelief. Listen to it. Think about them. They're not wavering in unbelief. Strengthened in faith, they gave glory to God, fully persuaded God has the power to do what he promised. Now, it's one thing to stand in front of people and say what they should do. It's another thing to ask yourself if you're willing to do it too. And when you're 56 years old, you kind of think you've, you know, I've taken my risks, I've taken my chances. It could be really comfortable. I'm, but see, this is, there's a time for everything under heaven, and it happens multiple times. And so sometimes God comes and he says, speaks to you, and that's what's happened with Marcia and me. And we have sensed God saying, you're willing to take another risk? You're willing to take another step of faith? You're willing to be uncomfortable? Do you really believe it? If I have something for you to do, will you do it? And we are certainly untested with what we're going to do. And we're short on motivation sometimes or confidence about what we're going to do. But the call of God has been there and we've been asked, are you willing to take this risk? And so we've been left with this decision, the same decision. Are we going to waver in unbelief? Or will we be willing to say, there's something that he has for you, even at this stage in your life, even at this point, when you don't know how to do it anymore, where you're not sure, but you can go in confidence. All right, all right. Hold on just a minute there, Uh, cowboy. Okay. Now, I understand from some of the fine folks here at LCC that you've got some cockamamie plan to head out to California or some such craziness. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the plan. Well, have a seat here for a minute, son. And while we're okay. that little lady of yours. She's over there.
forever. Now, young man, what is it that you really want to do with your future? Well, you know, I kind of want to recruit and train and mentor the next generation of Christian leaders and pastors and church planners. Well, la dee freaking da We got ourselves a spiritual big shot. <laughs> I can't see real well. Is that really the right whole thing? <laughs> Matt, 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 you don't have to do that. Matt, you don't have to do that. Matt, no, you don't. Alright, guys, can you make sure those doors are locked? You're not going to hear another word I say. And I think you're going to need a new stand. (laughs) 
Come back, because I really want you to hear this. There's a time for everything under heaven. And the time where God is offering an invitation and an opportunity for a group of people to take a risk and to embrace and seize what's next. For this group of people, that time is right now. There's a generation of people coming up in and around Hilliard who are lost and who need hope. They, they, need, they, they, they need truth. There's, there's, a, a gen, there's, there's a wave of, of opportunities and roles that are emerging right now, right here in, in the inworkings of what happens and the outworkings of where this group goes. Those, there are opportunities that are being that to do something that's maybe untested or that you've never done before, that you don't know how to do, or you, or you might think somebody else should do it. And it kinda, it, you need to hear this because it is the most natural thing in the world for people to have this go through their mind when you're part of something like this. There's a checkpoint. There's a natural thought that says, where people say, you know what? I think I'm just going to kind of see how it goes for a while. I just need to watch and see whether it's going to work. I'm willing to give it a chance. In Romans 4, it says that Abraham was not somebody who did that, who wavered, who wavered in unbelief. But he was strengthened in his faith, giving glory to God, knowing that God was fully, he was fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he promised. Because hear this, guys, hear this. It is when you are most unsure. It is when you're not sure what's going to happen next that the invitation to be a risk taker is given to you. My college baseball coach used to tell us that the guys he wanted on the field, the guys he was going to give playing time to, he called them the dirty uniform guys. The guys who weren't scared to get out there and just grit and dive and fall and run and sweat. And he, was, and he wanted dirty uniform guys. He wanted people who were willing to get in the mess, who weren't, weren't going to wait to get till things worked well. They, they were going to go exert themselves. And I'm sure you've probably heard it before because it's about the only quote that Teddy Roosevelt is ever known for saying. But it may be the best quote I've heard. And I, it, needs to, it, it applies to us. When he said, it is not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again because there's no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause who at the best knows, in the end, the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. This is what I wanted to ask you. I'm asking you, to seize the opportunity, the time that is right in front of us for this church and this community and this era.
to step up and say, I'm in. To take on a new role. To extend yourself in a way that you didn't think you could or that you're waiting for someone else to take. And instead of putting on the sidelines or saying, I think we might step back right now. I think we might move on right now. I think we might see how it goes for a while. I'm just going to give it a chance. Instead of doing that, to come up and say to God, here am I. I'm uncomfortable. I'm not sure. But send me. And if you accept that risk, guys, if you accept it, greater things than what we've had happen are going to happen. We will spend all eternity seeing the fruit of what God is about to do, and there will be new faces and new impact. And the question comes down simply, will you say yes? Will you accept the risk? Will you step out in the name of Jesus Christ? for where he wants to take us next. And we're going to pray over me in a minute. But before we do that, I would like to pray over you. And I'm going to ask you, would you just bow and allow me the privilege of standing before God on all our behalf and simply calling out to him.